Welcome to the Business and Personal Development Podcast with Chris Haroon, where you'll find tips on how to take your career to the next level. Good morning and welcome to our 172nd weekly webcast. Now, if this is the first time you're joining us, welcome. If you've been with us before, welcome back. And so the way this call works is this is an AMA. Uh, meaning ask me anything. You can ask me business questions, career questions, personal questions, anything I can humbly help you with to take your career to the next level or your startup as well. And so you'll notice uh, in the splash screen today uh, that I mentioned uh, that this weekly call uh, is from 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. Usually in the past or the past five years or so, it's been 8 a.m. until 11 a.m. So what we're doing is we're changing it. We're making it two hours. And then between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. every single week. If you're in my silver MBA degree program and only silver, what you can do is go to the first lecture of the MBA curriculum that you purchased and we have live office hours for one hour for silver students. And that includes Zoom as well. And so I'm happy to interview you if you want. It's all confidential just between yourself and me and our silver classmates. I can interview you if you have an upcoming job just to help you prepare I can also help you with a presentation. I can go through your financial model, uh, whatever you want. I'm your your humble consultant here to help you. So again, this call ends uh, at 10 a.m. That's two hours from now. And then from 10 a.m. until 11 a.m., every single week, silver MBA students, meaning on-demand students, uh, get one hour of office hours as well, including uh, Zoom. Again, go to the first lecture of the Silver MBA program, which is also called the On-Demand MBA Degree Program uh, for more details and thank you as always. All right, all right, cool. So what I wanna do is I wanna start off talking a little bit about the metaverse and of course I'll I'll take your your questions as always. So here are five reasons why the metaverse matters. Number one, according to Goldman Sachs, the size of the metaverse industry is going to be massive and they're projecting that the size of the metaverse is actually going to be $8 trillion. And just to put that into context, that's the size of the Japanese economy and the German economy combined. So it's going to be big. The second reason why the metaverse matters to all of us is because Microsoft and other big software companies have been doing massive acquisitions in the video game space. And so we know that Microsoft announced a deal to acquire Activision for about $70 billion in cash. It's unbelievable. Uh, And then earlier this year, we also had Take-Two, which is the parent company of the Grand Theft Auto franchise. They announced that they're buying Zynga. And also, you had Sony PlayStation. Sony announced they're purchasing Bungie for $3.5 billion, which is the company that makes Halo. And Microsoft is not going to counterbid on that because of antitrust reasons. If Microsoft tries to buy too many video game companies, the Department of Justice will block the deal. Kind of like the DOJ blocked the deal for Microsoft trying to buy Intuit back in 1994. Intuit is the parent company of the company that makes QuickBooks. Now, the third reason why the the metaverse matters is because Facebook, and this sounds out there, but Facebook rebranded themselves as Meta. And... Facebook actually is such a dominant force in advertising and many aspects of internet technologies to the extent that every single person on the planet uses at least one Facebook application every month. And of course, that includes uh, WhatsApp and Insta as well. 
And it's not just Facebook going after this market, uh, but what we've also seen is several years ago, Microsoft purchased a company called HoloLens, which is a VR company. We also have Sony coming out with their second iteration of the PlayStation VR product. Hopefully later this year, we'll see. In addition, we had Google purchase a majority stake over $500 million in an, um, an augmented reality company called Magic Leap. And of course, Facebook purchased Oculus. And so for many years, the entire tech space has been looking towards the next iteration of the internet, meaning the next platform that matters. And if you own the road, meaning the platform, be it VR or audio or an iOS or iOS app or any other Windows operating system, for example, and AWS, but if you own the platform, you can charge the cars. And so all of these big tech companies are trying to own the platform when it comes to VR, which is going to be the next platform that makes a lot of sense. Number four, the fourth reason why the metaverse matters is because Internet 2.0 is maturing and growth, growth is slowing materially. And so Internet 1.0 was all the way up until 1999 when we had static web pages. Then in the year 2000, up until recently, that was Internet 2.0, where you had dynamic web pages, apps, etc. And so Internet 3.0 is the metaverse. And if you want, you can go to my website and go to my previous webcasts and watch a webcast I did a couple weeks ago from the metaverse. We just tested it out. And so my website is haroonventures.com. And so what's happening is tech companies realize that their growth is slowing as well. And so they all have to create another platform that is going to generate more revenue. And a lot of people think the metaverse is, is really bogus, but it's not because it's going to become self-fulfilling to the extent that you have all these massive billion and trillion dollar market cap tech companies that are going to make this become a reality. And the fifth and final reason why the metaverse really matters is because the younger generation, they grew up digital. You know, I, I have more toys when I was a kid than I do, than, than my, 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 my children do, right? More physical toys. My kids, they own digital rights to stuff in the cloud. And so they own stuff like uh, 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 Fortnite skins, uh, as well as music, uh, 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 movies, etc. the YouTube generation. And they're used to this as well. And they understand NFTs as well, which is going to be a core part of the metaverse. Last thing I'll say in that is in my MBA degree program, and you can learn more by going to haroonventures.com, but in my MBA degree program, we're adding 100 case studies covering the metaverse. Okay, so what this means, for example, is in one of the classes in my MBA program, we talked about um, Apple potentially buying a Nintendo. And so in that case study, what we're going to do, which I'm adding soon, in that case study, what I'm going to do is we're going to go to Cupertino. Okay, we're going to go to Apple's headquarters. And we're going to do this all virtually online. And what we're going to do is we're going to meet with the corporate finance department at Apple. And this is all hypothetical about their acquisition of Nintendo, which is hypothetical, of course, but it's a fun case study. Then what we'll do is we will teleport to a conference room in Japan at Nintendo's headquarters. And we'll see what they have to say about the deal. Then what we'll do is we'll teleport uh, to right beside Central Park uh, in a nice big office tower. And we'll pretend we're meeting with Goldman Sachs bankers who are advising on the deal.
Now, in terms of the interactive case study for my students, what you'll be doing in the MBA program is based on the income statement, cash flow statement, and balance sheet metrics that I teach in the program, and based on how I teach how to value companies, you'll be dragging and dropping different components of Nintendo's income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement, and Apple's as well. And you'll be looking for synergies and accretion as well. And this will make a lot more sense once we launch this case study and many others later on this year. Now, if you've already purchased my MBA degree program, uh, you'll see that it'll be added to the curriculum like I add many, many new hours of content every year for free for all of my MBA students. So for more details on the MBA program, please go to haroonventures.com. I can't wait to show you the metaverse. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You don't need to wear these goggles. And this is uh, my, my kids um, uh, for, for, for Nintendo, uh, their, their uh, AR device or VR device. The way it works in the metaverse is you can download an app if you want to and take my classes that way. Okay, it's a free app, an Oculus app, if you have VR or you can just navigate through using the arrow keys on your keyboard. Again, go back to my weekly webcast from a couple of weeks ago where I gave you kind of a taste of an early alpha version of what my MBA metaverse will look like. And I'm so serious about this that I actually recently purchased the website mbametaverse.com. More details will come later this year. Thank you. Okay, let's get to your questions. All right, first up I've got here, uh, Ray. Uh, Ray wrote, hey, Chris, uh, uh, so good that you're always here. Great to see you, Ray. And Ray, I think I met you, if I'm not mistaken, at a Udemy event years ago in 2017 at their headquarters. And I was teaching how to, how, to, how to record online. And thank you. I remember you sent me a nice New York Yankees hat afterwards. I appreciate that. Um, so you wrote, so good that you're always here. Likewise, thank you. Uh, please tell me if you have a house uh, its value is its value part of your net worth when you calculate the percent of more risky investments? Yeah, that's a great question. So what Ray is referring to is uh, in my MBA program, what I do is I tell you how to diversify your portfolio so you're not exposed to any one particular stock sector, etc. And the way I discuss portfolio diversification and risk management is I never want more than 5% of your liquid net worth in any one particular stock. And so you don't include your house or apartment in your net worth calculation for that, just the liquid net worth, meaning cash or short-term investments. And so when it comes to diversification, I always recommend a diversified portfolio consisting of stocks, bonds, commodities, and REITs if you want. Now REITs stands for Real Estate Investment Trusts. They're high dividend yielding stocks. It looks like a stock, they have tickers. Uh, and that's kind of like owning real estate. So I recommend having a diversified portfolio. I teach this in much more detail in my MBA program where I provide you with a ton of templates or hours in your quiver or tools in your toolbox. Okay, good to see you. Uh, and then Ray has another question, which is, uh, what is a smart way to remember passwords? Is it okay if you use password manager that unlocks uh, with, with a single password? Dude, there's no way. Um, you can't do it, and, and, I'll, and I'll show you what I do, okay? So on the back of this piece of paper here are all of my, my passwords, okay, on the back. And I keep it in the back of my iPhone case along with my vaccination uh, record uh, when I got the Pfizer record. But you gotta write them down, and my passwords are all different. They're uppercase, lowercase, numbers, etc. Don't do anything other than that because I promise you, you will get hacked at some point, yeah. 
Uh, next next question uh, from Ray is, uh, what is your opinion on a P2P platform? Yeah, so P2P stands for uh, uh, person to person. And it's something that was kind of uh, created back in 1999 um, uh, by Sean Parker with Napster. And so Sean Parker, who joined the board of Facebook as well, and Avi Zuckerberg. And Napster years ago, and I'm dating myself, but we used to download music that was shared in other people's computers. And so I like that sort of thing, as long as it's legal, of course, downloading up music legally or any other content legally. However, you have to be really careful about firewalls as well. Really, really careful doing that. And so I would prefer, instead of sharing stuff on my computer with other people, sharing in the cloud, like on Dropbox, for example, or Google Docs, etc. All right, next question uh, we've got is Majed, who wrote, uh, Hello, Chris. I hope you've had a fantastic day. I, I have. Thank you. Uh, I was curious if you had the opportunity to meet Ray Dalio. I really like him. Yeah. I've not personally met him. Uh, but I've had very good friends and people on my board in the past uh, that were senior executives at his company. Now, Ray Dalio uh, uh, owns uh, Bridgewater, which is the largest hedge fund in the world. And he published this book called Principles, which deals with how to manage people and a company. Now, I'm always completely transparent and honest with all of my students. I don't take any sponsorships. The reality is, and yes, he's a great money manager. Okay, He has over $100 billion in assets. The reality is that the turnover, apparently, at his firm is about 40%, meaning 40% of people leave every year. Also, every single phone call, and this is out there, but it's true, every single phone call, meeting, et cetera, conversation that people have at, uh, at Bridgewater, the hedge fund, is recorded. And they know that, too. The only place where it's not recorded uh, is the washrooms. That's a fact. Yeah. So that's, that's not my style. Uh, but all the more power to Ray. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Manas, how are you? From, from India wrote, uh, good morning, my, my dear mentor. What, what a beautiful day. Thank you. Always great to be here. Um, how are you today? I'm always great. Thanks. Always, always. I'm trying to finish my, my water. So I've started going back to the real gym now. It's so good to get out there. Masks are not required in my gym anymore as of yesterday. I still wear one, except if I'm on the elliptical trainer, no one else is around. And I have this here because I put this in my locker. All right. Feels so good to get out though, man. Um, and then you wrote, today marks my first month working for the crypto YouTuber. Uh, I'm loving my job and it's so fun to do. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. I hope you enjoy it. And what's going to be central to my MBA program longer term is blockchain as well uh, and NFTs. And I'm going to be releasing a lot more content later this year, not only on the metaverse, but also NFTs. And if you have questions about uh, NFTs in general or anything um, uh, uh, business related, what you can always do is go to my website here. So go to uh, HaroonVentures.com. And at the top, you can search for any topic. I've answered more than 10,000 questions here live on the air over the years. Uh, and they're all indexed right here. So if you want to learn about uh, NFTs, Metaverse, anything, uh, just type that there, please. Okay. Uh, and then Manas wrote, as always, your crypto course is a decade ahead of its time. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you wrote, it's awesome. And I'll always say that forever and ever. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then you wrote, if there's one person whose course and content, I personally guarantee it's yours. Thank you. You put, and then you wrote here, you put your soul in everything. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. So um, that cryptocurrency course that I made, um, so I worked so hard on it 
Um, and it took me about six months of my life to make it day and night. And what I did was I hired somebody who was an unbelievable source uh, in the security sector. He's amazing. And what happened was after I published the course, this is a true story, it's crazy, but I got a knock on the door from the NSA. And so I, I answered the, the door and I was very, very nice to the person because I, I, was, I was scared, man. Uh, and so I, I brought him in, he had a coffee and we sat down, we talked. And he was doing due diligence on that person I hired. He never said why, but I think it's because the NSA wanted to hire him. And I'll never disclose his name, of course, yeah. So I took off my Depends and I relaxed after he told me that, yeah. I'm getting old, okay. Also, uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, my mentor, I, uh, Chris, please. I watched the Jose Batista bat flip uh, uh, when the crowd went nuts. Uh, even the team in, in the dugout were crazy. Love the moments. Thanks for suggesting that. Thank you. And so that was probably one of the happiest moments of my life, aside from having children, getting married, etc. Got to be careful what I say. It was when my team, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, beat uh, the Texas Rangers and there was a bat flip. It was a great game. And I actually bid on that ball. Uh, in an auction, and I almost won it. And I'm so glad I didn't because I bid too much. Yeah. All right. And, and if anybody ever is like, you got to have these moments in your life where you replay them in your mind and it puts you in a peak mental state. And so when I watched that game at home here, it was a nice comeback, home run, whatever. But my kids, they jumped into my arms. And whenever I'm unhappy, whenever I'm unhappy, I think of that moment. And that's why I bid for that baseball. And again, thank God I lost that auction. All right. Next up, we got uh, Peyton. How are you, brother? Uh, Peyton wrote, uh, you're the man. Uh, so happy to, to have met you. Thank you. It's so good to see you, Peyton. Peyton Kalawahe has a YouTube channel that's growing so fast. He just started. It's going to pass 100,000 uh, by the end of the year. Uh, he's amazing. He's my mentor when it comes to NFT stuff. And we're, we're actually co collaborating on an NFT course coming up soon uh, as well. So check out GameReport.io uh, or do a search on Peyton Game Report. Uh, on uh, on YouTube. And I interviewed Peyton as well several months ago on this weekly call. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, next up, Arturo uh, wrote, what are the, the, the global economic ramifications if Russia invades uh, the Ukraine? Yeah, give me one second. I have a lot to say on this, actually. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that, that really does worry me. Okay. And sometimes what happens is it jumps on me when I'm answering questions. One, one second, hold on. So I'm doing a search for the word Ukraine. I found it, good, okay, here we go. All right, so the question is, what are the global ramifications if Russia invades uh, Ukraine? Uh, and, and then you wrote, and China simultaneously uh, uh, invades Taiwan, uh, as Taiwan uh, SMC uh, uh, will be in China's hands and Russia will control Europe's energy supply. Yeah, so th this worries me a lot. Uh, and, and according to people familiar with the matter, uh, federal agencies globally, uh, Russia is still moving more troops to the border, despite the fact that uh, Putin has claimed they're not going to be invading. Um, and this would be frightening because this would be the biggest invasion, troops-wise, of any country since World War II. Now, Putin, his long-term vision has always been natural resources um, uh, control. In fact, in university, his dissertation, uh, he wrote, his thesis was about controlling the world's commodities. And so what's terrifying about this, and this will impact all of our lives if this invasion goes through, and God willing it doesn't, I'm praying it doesn't, but the price of oil would skyrocket as would natural gas. Now, 40% of all natural gas uh, in Europe comes from Russia. 
you know, through Gazprom. There's also and other uh, Russian uh, uh, gas companies. Also, when it comes to oil with uh, with Luke Oil uh, and many other companies in Russia, uh, Russia controls 12% of the global uh, oil supply. That's 5 million barrels they produce daily. And so it would have a catastrophic uh, impact on everybody. Everything we use is made with oil or natural gas, some derivative. These are plastic props that I have right here. And here's one I'm using for, I'm teaching programming soon. My, my MBA degree program is a sub-procedure. But all this stuff is made because of natural gas, plastics. Everything we use is made using natural gas and oil derivatives as well. And so there would be a catastrophic impact uh, on global economies if this went through. It'll be terrifying. Now, in terms of the United States exposure to Russia, uh, there's not that much trade that really goes on between the U.S. Uh, and Russia. However, we will be hit hard here in America and globally with higher oil prices. Now, I feel sorry for, for countries like, like Egypt, uh, where my father is from, uh, because they get most of their agricultural imports uh, from, uh, from Russia. So it would be absolutely terrifying if this went through. First of all, from a humanitarian perspective, loss of lives, of course. Secondly, in terms of massive inflation around the world and disruption to countries, especially Germany, you know, which is right, right beside uh, Russia there, it's terrifying. Um, and also, um, it would be deadly because it would signal that Putin might be doing this again to reassemble the USSR potentially. In China, actually, they've had a lot of meetings in China over the past month, and they're trying to figure out what to do with this. Um, now, they support Russia. Uh, China and Russia are friends. And by supporting Russia with this, what that's implying is that it's okay to invade another country. And so, God forbid, but this could actually make it closer to reality that China might consider doing something with Taiwan. I hope it doesn't happen. And what was frightening was uh, in the Mediterranean, uh, two days ago, you had a Russian uh, a fighter jet uh, that came within five feet of an American jet as well, several times, several times. It reminds me of, of the end of the movie Top Gun back in the 80s. So from a geopolitical perspective, it would be deadly. From a human um, uh, loss of life perspective, it would be deadly as well. And then from an economic perspective, globally, we would have mass inflation. I really hope this does not go through, the invasion that is, yeah. Okay, uh, ne uh, next up, uh, uh, Simon, how are you? Uh, Simon is, is, is a friend of mine. Uh, he's an incredible uh, investor in cryptocurrencies. His startup uh, is going to be a billion-dollar company. Um, no joke. He's amazing. Uh, so Simon wrote here, uh, who goes by Scatter, uh, quick question. If you reach a billion, uh, what's the path to a, a trillion? Yeah. So people that become, uh, speaking of future billionaires, uh, so people that become billionaires, uh, what they do is they hire really, really high priced uh, tax attorneys for like a thousand bucks an hour that move their money around the world uh, and within the countries they live in so that they don't pay much in taxes. So for example, Jeff Bezos, he didn't pay any tax in 2007 when he was a billionaire back then, of course. So he has high priced tax lawyers and accountants helping him. In fact, not only did Jeff Bezos not pay any tax in 2007, but he actually claimed $4,000 for each of his kids. That's $16,000. He's got four kids. He claimed $4,000 in credits on his tax return that way. Now, the highest tax bracket in America is close to 
but the 400 wealthiest families in America only pay taxes of 23%. And this is how they got to become billionaires as well. Also, if they own a big company that's publicly traded and they don't sell shares, then that's not a taxable event. So the bottom line is a lot of people that are very wealthy, they get even more wealthy by moving their money around the world, hiring high-priced uh, tax lawyers, etc. So they don't pay as much in taxes. I think it's wrong. I think there should be a billionaire tax as well. As much as I am a capitalist, I believe that if you make over a billion dollars, you should pay at least what the highest tax bracket mandates. So, yeah. And what they also do is they hire a lot of money managers, right, that preserve their capital and help it grow through hedge funds, private equity firms, venture capital, etc. Okay. Uh, next, next up, Kumar wrote, uh, hi, Chris, a big fan from India. Thank you. Uh, doing your MBA course uh, on Udemy. Thank you. I appreciate that. 11% of my students are in India. That's my second biggest market now. The first, mar the largest market is US, which I think is 19%. Uh, and it's going down every single year. I monitor all this stuff in real time on, on, on YouTube as well. Thank you. Okay, uh, Jason wrote here, I'm currently a student in your financial analyst and training investing course. Uh, I'm a mid-career professional, just a few years younger than you with an MBA uh, from MIT Sloan. Awesome, congratulations, that's a great school. Um, and then you wrote, uh, for the past 20 years, I've started and run three small businesses. I wanna transition into investment management and eventually run my own fund, but I don't have banking experience or PE experience. PE stands for private equity which means uh, pools of money, buying companies that are being mismanaged, take them private, make them better, take them public again. And so Jason uh, wrote here, most of the open positions I see uh, for investment management jobs have seven to 10 years experience. Besides networking, what advice can you give me? Yeah. So I, I have to go to networking because it's the most important thing, regardless of what degrees people have. You know, relationships are more important than product knowledge. Your network is your net worth. And I guarantee everybody in this call, you will get the job of your dreams if you set up at least 100 networking meetings. And the way it works is for every open position you see in a company, if you send in your resume, your chance of getting a job statistically are one out of 250. The person that gets the job always knows people that work at that company. And a lot of times they do it by aggressively networking. And so what I recommend everybody do um, is if you're curious about networking, if you want, go to my website, uh, haroonventures.com and download my free networking book. It's a couple hundred pages. It'll teach you how to network to get anything you want in life. I promise you this stuff works and it's free. Okay, aside from that, um, you can just learn how the world works by listening to earnings calls. So companies report earnings every three months and anybody on the planet is allowed to listen to these earnings calls or watch the webcasts. I would start listening to a lot of those. What I would also do is start reading annual reports. I'd read the FT, that's the Financial Times Daily uh, and the Wall Street Journal as well. Only articles that tell you how the world works. Now let me show you how to get it for free. Okay, so here's how you get the Financial Times for free. And remember, I don't, I don't take any sponsors ever. I put the student first. So what you do, and the Financial Times, it's kind of like the, uh, the Wall Street Journal for the world, right? It's more global, uh, kind of like the BBC in England. This is based on the United Kingdom. So right here, for this article here, if I want to read this about Biden warning Russia 
is set to uh, invade Ukraine within days. If I click it, it says, hey man, you gotta pay first. I'm not gonna pay 375 bucks for a year. So what you can do instead is you copy this, okay? And you paste it up here. And then you click here. And now you can read that article for free. And the reason why you can read it for free, and this doesn't work with every uh, news website, but the reason why you can read this article and all articles for free is because if the FT didn't allow this to happen, then from a search engine optimization perspective, you would not be able to search and find the results uh, on Google. Okay. And, and they don't have a very sophisticated paywall in place, uh, unlike the Wall Street Journal, which does. Yeah. So I would read those publications uh, daily as well. I'd also practice creating and updating financial models, which I teach in a lot of detail in my MBA program, where I give you tons of different templates. So it's simple for you to create financial models and value companies using many different methodologies as I've done in my career when I worked at Goldman, the hedge fund industry and the venture capital industry as well. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Jason uh, wrote um, most of the open. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it just networking is the, is the best way. And then just staying current by listening to earnings calls and that sort of thing. And, and check out my courses. They help as well. Or your money back. Thank you. And best of luck to you. Sloan's a great school. And Bose, actually, Dr. Bose, the guy that made the headsets, he passed away recently and he donated his entire company, actually, uh, to, to MIT. Yeah. All right, Manas wrote, uh, uh, what do you think about decentralized where we can build meta communities uh, and, and spaces? Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, and you know, given the fact that cloud you, uh, computing is ubiquitous and, and we all use cash-based uh, applications like Akamai, Limelight, et cetera, to speed up delivery. Um, it's all virtual. Like nobody knows, like do you know where your Gmail emails are, are stored? I, I have no idea, nobody knows. And so we've had decentralization when it comes to web computing for a long time now. I'm a fan. Okay. Um, uh, next up, Zorolina wrote, a good morning, Chris from Ontario, Canada. Uh, love your new office hours intro. Uh, thank you, Zorolina. I appreciate it. Uh, and I'm glad to see that the, that the riots uh, or the, the peaceful protests in Ottawa are peaceful. Uh, my thought process on that is it's a beautiful thing that people voice their opinions as long as there's no violence. Yeah. Okay, uh, and I can go down that path if you want me to in, in more detail in terms of rights being taken away from Canadians and other people because of COVID, yeah. All right, um, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Uh, next up, uh, Sarah wrote, uh, good morning. Uh, thank you for this live journey, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for being here. First time I've seen you. I hope you join us again. Moving on to uh, Rudy. Oh my gosh, Rudy, it's been a while. I hope you're doing well. Rudy, I haven't seen you about two years. Uh, Rudy started an insurance company about two years ago. Good to see you. Uh, then you wrote, uh, what about Tony Shark's virtual reality? Yeah, so Tony Shark is a, is a character uh, that I created in my courses that has his own VR product. Um, it's a play on, on Tony Stark, of course. Good to see you. Next up, we have Mike. So Mike wrote, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Charlie Munger? Uh, and now for those of you not familiar with Charlie Munger, um, he is uh, partners with Warren Buffett. He's been running uh, Warren Buffett's uh, fund, Berkshire Hathaway, for many decades. So what are your thoughts on Charlie Munger comparing crypto to a venereal disease? Uh, and then you wrote here, beneath contempt in brackets, he wrote, claiming its main usefulness is for extortion, uh, kidnapping, and, and tax evasions. Whoa, I think that's kind of extreme. Wow. Now, I know that Warren Buffett and Munger are not crypto fans. Now, 
Warren Buffett, the way he invests is he's a value investor. There's two types of investors. There's value investors that buy cheap stuff, right, with, with good visibility in terms of cash flow in the near term. Then there's growth investors like venture capitalists and a lot of hedge funds that buy stuff that's growing quickly, that's not cheap yet, but will be in the long run when growth matures. And so Warren Buffett and Munger, they don't invest in things that they don't see much visibility with. You know, Warren Buffett invested in Coca-Cola many, many years ago. This is a prop from one of my MBA uh, classes because he had the simplistic logic of saying many years ago, in five years, will people be drinking more Coca-Cola or less Coca-Cola? So, and it's recession proof. But the problem is that if, if you don't, if you don't think about what's coming next, meaning the, the virtual economy and cloud computing and all that stuff and NFTs and, 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 and metaverse, then you'll get stuck behind and you'll never keep up with the best investment trends. That's my humble thoughts. Now, Warren Buffett has turned around a bit. He's been investing in more tech companies like Microsoft and Apple because they've gone from growth to value. And I remember Warren Buffett, when he came and he taught one of my classes at, at Columbia, he also graduated from Columbia. That's the only thing we have in common. Uh, but he, he, he came to Columbia uh, to guest lecture back in 99. And one of my colleagues and my classmates in the class started pitching a tech stock to him in front of 100 students. And Warren Buffett, very politely, very, very nice guy. He said, son, I'm going to stop you right there because I don't know where that technology's company's products will be one and a half to two years from now. And so I don't invest in what I can't really forecast in the long run. So he keeps it simplistic. He's called the Sage of Omaha for a reason. Uh, that's why he doesn't like investing in really, really high growth stuff that's speculative. Yeah. Now, I'm a growth investor. I used to be a value investor. And most people in university are value investors because they're kind of taught, you know, buy low, sell high, buy cheap stuff. But I'm a growth investor. And when I worked in venture capital in the hedge fund industry, I became a growth investor because I don't care what a company's valuation is today or earnings are today or tomorrow. I like to calculate what earnings are going to be in 10 years. And then what I do is my price earnings multiple target price is based on my earnings estimates in 10 years, which I teach in my MBA program in a lot more detail. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Patricia, who's in my MBA program. How are you? Good morning. Good to see you. Uh, then Mike uh, asked, uh, does Charlie Munger just represent the establishment view of point and a fear of crypto upsetting the status quo? Yeah, he's, he's more of a value investor. So anybody that's categorized as a value investor, for the most part, they don't like cryptocurrencies or anything that's high growth. Like they probably hate meta. They definitely hate uh, NFTs. Yeah. Uh, next up, Ali, how are you? Uh, Ali graduated from my MBA program a, a couple years ago, and um, uh, your baby, baby Ahmed, I remember, was was born in early 2020. Uh, great, great to see you. Uh, then you wrote, wow, thanks, Chris, for considering the Silver Group. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, moving on to uh, Renvir. Uh, Renvir wrote, uh, hey, Chris, I'm completing my A-level. And it, for those who are not familiar with A-level, it's, it's in the United Kingdom, I think. It's, it's kind of higher level courses, I think. Yeah, I'm completing my, my A-level. And as you know, I want to start my own hedge fund. Which advice would you give me to an 18-year-old to choose his career? Yeah. So number one, don't chase money. If you chase money, you'll lose your money and your dreams. But if you chase your dreams, as long as you're willing to fail a bunch of times and not give a damn what anybody thinks of you, and please fail a bunch of times. If you chase your dreams, what happens is something amazing. 
your dreams come true and the money follows accidentally in the long run. It always does. All great entrepreneurs think this way. Don't just chase money. And I get it. We need to support our family. I understand. But think with your heart first. And if you think your heart first, this works much better. Yeah. Don't just chase money. I did that for, for decades. Uh, it's not a great way to live. Yeah. And the cancer of, of Wall Street, and I worked at Goldman Sachs and hedge funds, whatever, but the cancer of Wall Street and Western society is comparing yourselves to those that have more money. You know, appreciate what you have uh, instead of focusing on what you want. And as Oprah Winfrey said, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. But I remember every bonus season when I worked at Goldman uh, around uh, Christmas, uh, we get a bonus. And everybody was depressed because they compared themselves to those that made more. And I'm guilty of that as well. And that's the cancer of, of Wall Street. It's a disgusting way to live. Now, the only time you should look in your neighbor's bowl is to see if she or he has as much as you, not to see if you have more. And the Dalai Lama wrote this great book, and everybody should read it, especially people that are really focused on becoming billionaires or, or accumulating a story amount of wealth, story amount of wealth. This book is called The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. And in this book, the Dalai Lama states that the problem with Western society and many people in general is we sacrifice our health our entire lives to chase money. And then at the end of our lives, we sacrifice all of our money to maintain our health. And then we look back and we realize we never really lived to begin with. So please don't make money your idol. Chase what you're most passionate about. Don't give a damn what anybody around you tells you career-wise. If people in your life are telling you to be an engineer or, or a lawyer and you're not passionate about it, don't do it because you'll be miserable. Okay. Uh, and in terms of advice, just the, the networking stuff, which I mentioned earlier. Thanks. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Elena wrote, uh, hello, Chris. Uh, thank you for your, your initiatives. My, my pleasure. Thanks for being here. Um, can you please give advice? where to look for investments to start a small business? What would be uh, the best way? Yeah, look for invest, yeah. So the, the best way to raise capital is always through high net worth investors. Don't get a loan from the bank, please, because banks are chicken, and if you miss one payment, they can take everything. And of course, talk to a lawyer to register your company first so they can't, investors can't take everything. Um, but I would raise money from high net worth investors instead. And the reason I say that um, is because they'll own equity in your company and they can't take the company away from you if they own a minority position and you don't deliver. And so the great thing about high net worth investors is the sales cycle is very short to raising capital. Okay, um, If you just go to venture capital funds, it just takes too long. And you never want to start a company with just VC money. You want to use high net worth money. Go to my website, haroonventures.com. Download my networking book. It'll teach you how to network to meet anybody so you can raise money. And in my MBA program, I teach you in a lot of detail how to sell, how to sell yourself, your business, et cetera, and how to raise money. Okay, next up, we got Rafikin who wrote, uh, Hi, Chris. Uh, good morning. I uh, hope you're doing well. Likewise, good to see you. Uh, my question, first one is serious and the second one is stupid. No, no. Um, there's no stupid questions. So you wrote here, the serious question is, if Texas sues Facebook parent, which is Meta, over biometric data, and the media reported seeking hundreds of billion dollars in civil penalty penalties, 
Um, uh, you're, you're right, Chris, don't mess with Texas. Uh, what are your thoughts or reaction uh, about this? Yeah, yeah. So one of the many things I love about America, and, and we have a lot of problems here too, is that there are differing opinions. And by having differing opinions, you know, you keep the government in check as well. It's kind of like in many countries, you have the Senate, which is a sober second look at policies. Um, and so I actually like it when Texans talk about freedoms. Uh, and one of my students, actually, George, um, he was here for graduation last year. I have an in-person graduation event and an alumni event. He gave me the, this mug here, don't mess with Texas. But in Texas, they believe in rights. I mean, fundamental rights that you don't have in other states or other countries. And this is near and dear to my heart because what's happening is with all the, the, the peaceful protests uh, in, in, in Ottawa, um, a lot of the money that's being donated to fund these protests is from very wealthy people in Texas. And shame on GoFundMe. Because what GoFundMe did, which is a platform to raise money, a lot of people donated money, $10 million um, for, the, for the cause, for the peaceful protests in Canada. And a lot of that money came from Texans. But shame on GoFundMe because they're not allowing these peaceful protesters in Canada have access to this capital. Now, if there are violent protests, I would say, okay, GoFundMe, you're doing the right thing. But stepping in the way to stop this sort of thing is not cool. Don't mess with Texas. Yeah, I, 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 I think like Texans do in many ways, but not always. It'll be interesting to see what happens because a lot of Texans are worried because Californians are moving to Texas in mass. And they call this the left coast sometimes because taxes are high. It is what it is. But a lot of people are picking up and moving their entire companies from California to Texas, including Tesla, Elon Musk, many wealthy people. And Californians are, are usually more Democrat, a little bit more left-wing. Uh, Texans are more right-wing. And so a lot of people in Texas are worried that, hey, you can come here, but don't make this state more liberal. Okay. Um, and the problem is, and I'm not going to tell you if I'm a Democrat or Republican, I jump back and forth depending on the candidate. The problem is that if Texas longer term moves more Democrat, then there won't be as much of a voice, so to speak, to put the government in check. I love differing opinions as long as they're not extreme. Okay. I don't agree with all of Texas policies, but I like a lot of them. Don't mess with Texas. Okay. Uh, next up, a Ruffkin, uh, sorry, wrote, uh, the second question I have is, I got called from Warren Buffett and we have a good, if I got called, I think you wrote, you might say, and we had a good chit chat uh, about an hour, uh, which we bonded before business. Uh, and am I, am I right? Um, he said to me, oh, maybe, okay, you did speak with him, I guess I wrote here. He said to me, he wants to go long Activision Blizzard. And yes, he bought a billion dollars of shares. As always, uh, what are your thoughts uh why people to optimist about it? Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Um, I, I didn't realize that Warren Buffett owned a, a billion dollars worth of, of Activision. Now, Activision shares pulled back materially last year because of a sexual assault issue um, where you had a lot of people in the company. Uh, they wanted uh, Bobby Kotick to resign. I met Bobby a number of times. I worked in the hedge fund industry when I was long and short the stock. Um, and so what happened was given those sexual assault allegations, uh, the stock got crushed last year. It got hit so hard that the price that Microsoft paid for Activision, 70 billion, is exactly where the stock was anyway, the day before those sexual allegations when the stock was getting crushed last year. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I didn't know Warren Buffett invested, though. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. All right. Next up, uh, Shubham wrote, uh, sir, can you, uh, Chris, please, can you give suggestions uh, on blogging? Yeah. So when it comes to your social media strategy, um, you got to be consistent and you got to be long-term focused. And so what I recommend everybody do is I recommend you start by writing one article per week on whatever your passion is in LinkedIn. Okay. And once you post on LinkedIn uh, every week for two years, that's about a hundred posts. Then you can take those posts and create a book and it costs you nothing. And this is exactly what I did for my six inch by nine inch book called 101 Crucial Lessons I Don't Teach You in Business School. Now, what I recommend you do is in order to write a book, I have a template for you uh, and you can download it from my website. You don't have to put in your, your email address and stuff. So you go to my website, haroonventures.com slash write book. Okay. All one word, write book. And you can click here to download uh, the template for it. Now, in order to write a book, I have one page of instructions and this will cost you nothing. And on this one pager, I teach you how to write uh, and publish to Kindle uh, as well as Amazon paper called CreateSpace and ACX.com, which is Audible. And it's really easy. All you do is you fill in this Microsoft Word template and then you right click on the table of contents and repaginate. And then you, you, you get it published, it costs you nothing. And what you can do is you can take that book to your interviews when you meet with uh, potential customers or potential people that are going to hire you or the recruiting office or the admissions director at a big university. You can take your book and give it to them. And if you think that's too much work, then ask yourself, how badly do you want that job or that customer or to get into that school? It's easy to do. And a lot of my students have done that uh, as well. So when it comes to social media, you also have to think about, um, you got to think about repurposing content, which Gary Vaynerchuk talks about. And so I talked about repurchasing, uh, repurposing content right there. When I mentioned how what you do is you write a bunch of articles on LinkedIn, then you make it a book. Now, what you can also do is you can start making videos based on each chapter in your book and post one every month or every week on YouTube as well. Now, the key is consistency and to be long-term focused. And I promise you, once you embark upon this journey to publish stuff on YouTube or LinkedIn, whatever, you're going to feel lonely. Now, at first, you'll be excited. You'll get a bunch of likes, whatever. Uh, but what happens is you'll feel like you're screaming into the wind. Don't give up ever, please. Just keep at it because your competition will give up, I promise you. But if you're consistent enough, you will make it big. It just takes time. Gary Vaynerchuk, when he started out, he did a ton of podcast interviews with nobody on the call. He did a bunch of YouTube videos that nobody clicked on. It takes time. And as Warren Buffett said, the longer the view, the wiser the intention. Get some water here. <clears throat> and whatever you're going to blog about, blog or vlog, make sure it's something you enjoy. Because if it feels like work, you won't, you won't fall through longer term. And always help other people. We're here to serve others. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Robotics uh, wrote, uh, good to see you, Chris. Likewise, thank you. Uh, I always love attending your, your live sessions. Thank you. Uh, how is the future of trade finance uh, industry? Yeah, so the future of, of finance is definitely gonna be all based on DeFi or, or blockchain. It's gonna happen. And it's so interesting because you had a lot of CEOs, including uh, Jimmy Dimon, who's a great CEO from JP Morgan. 
you know, that had negative things to say about cryptos for years, and now they're adopting it and they're going all in on the blockchain. So I'm, I'm bullish in that industry, yeah. All right, um, but I do believe that, so most jobs in finance, people don't realize this, but most jobs in finance are sales related. Um, it's a relationship business about trust, of course, when you're talking about money. And I don't think you can outsource that to technology. So I think there will always be great roles out there uh, in, in sales in every industry, which tech won't replace. Yeah. And that's what a great entrepreneur and CEO is. They're salespeople. That's what they are. They get you excited about their product, even if you don't understand their product. They get you excited about it. Okay, and Elena wrote, is there a way to contact you for your consideration of, of investing? Thank you, I, I don't invest in any of my, my, my students' business models. Thank you, though. Okay, um, uh, next up, uh, Robotics uh, wrote here, uh, how is the future of trade like? Okay, and, and you, you typed that twice there, okay. All right, next up, uh, Renvir wrote, uh, Chris, uh, just wanna let you know, uh, I made my first 11% 11 return in four months. Uh, that's awesome, man. Annualized, that's 44%, nicely done. Um, you made 11% in four months. Big thanks to your Udemy courses. Can't wait to join the MBA course. Thank you. Lo love to have you. And you guys can sign up today if you want to. Uh, go to haroonventures.com um, and you'll see all the details there. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee. You got nothing to lose, everything to gain. Thank you. Okay, next up, Christina, how are you? Christina is the president of the Haroon Education Ventures Alumni Association. She is our fearless leader. Uh, good to see you. Uh, Christina wrote here, uh, good morning, Chris, and our amazing global MBA and webcast family. Uh, hope you're having an outstanding week so far. Cheers, Chris. I'm at 9 a.m. on the water and 380 steps. How about you? And, and I compete with my students. It's called coopetition. And it's a great thing because health-wise, we all win. Um, so what I do is I try to finish this uh, every day, uh, and I do... 10 to 20,000 steps. I'm doing fewer steps now because I'm trying to put on muscle mass that I lost last year because of an injury. So right now I am at, uh, I'm at, oh wow, I'm at noon right here on water. Uh, in terms of steps, I mean, the day just got started. I'm probably at like 100 steps. Okay. Um, good to see you as always. Um, uh, and then uh, Shubham wrote, um, how do you end your social anxiety? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so let, let me open up and, and be transparent as always. So when I was younger, I worked at um, Accenture, Accenture, sorry. And I was a programmer, a developer. And I love programming. And by the way, I'm about to release a bunch of programming courses as well. I'm teaching it in a way that's really fun and intuitive. This here is a submarine because you have a sub procedure at the top when you're coding and a bunch of other variables inside. Stay tuned, you'll see more details on this. It's coming to my MBA program soon. But I was a developer many years ago in the 90s and I loved it. And I code for like 10 or 12 hours straight, you know, with, with my Sony Walkman on, I, I am that old. Um, and it was awesome. And then I go to parties and I feel kind of shy and nervous. And the way that I got out of that rut was I forced myself to run towards my fear. And in business, whatever your fear is, whether it's accounting, presenting, social interactions, I promise you, your competition has the same fears. And so what I want you to do is I want you to run towards your fears, okay? Embrace it and condition yourself to think you enjoy it. And eventually you will. And so the way I got over my, my social anxieties when I was a programmer was I would force myself to be more social. And I was a little bit nervous at first, especially around women. 
Uh, and then eventually it got a lot better because I got comfortable doing it because repetition is the mother of all skill, as Tony Robbins says. Yeah. And you got to tell yourself also, Shivam, that you just don't care what people think of you. And if you live your life on those terms where you don't care what people think, I'm not saying to be rude or disingenuous at all, but if you live your life that way, not giving a damn what people think, then you're going to reach an incredible level of euphoria that you've never felt before. You just don't care. Because as Dr. Seuss said, those that mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Now, the best way to live your life, not giving a damn what people think, and this is what all the best entrepreneurs do. They never care. Like Steve Jobs, he used to, I don't know, he ate carrots. That's all he ate. And he kind of had long hair and didn't shower. And he'd show up to work and he worked at Activision and Atari part-time. They make him work the night shift. He didn't care. And I'm not saying don't shower and stuff. But when he ate carrots, he turned orange as well as bizarre. But he didn't care. The same thing with Mark Benioff, you know, the founder of Salesforce.com. You know, he, I remember I used to work in the same building as him on Market Street in San Francisco years ago. And he'd walk around in his awesome Hawaiian untucked shirt, walking his beautiful Labrador dog in the public lobby uh, in bare feet. It was awesome. He didn't care. He was just him. And so you got to think like that as well. Elon Musk doesn't care. He never cared. You know, for decades, he's been talking about colonizing Mars. He never cared what anybody thought. And if he did care, we wouldn't know who he is. And so there's this wonderful chart that, that I often talk about. And I'll draw it for you. I've got a big pencil. This is a prop from my programming course coming out soon. And I have really small hands, folks. Just kidding. So here's a chart, okay? Try to see if I can visualize this. On the x-axis here is your age, okay? And on the y-axis here is give a damn. Now, when you're younger, you're down here. Your age is you know, a couple of years old. You don't care what people think. You have meltdowns in restaurants. Who cares? I was that way too, my dad said. Then when you're old, you don't care either. Old people don't care what others think. It's just, it is what it is. It's great. I'm getting old. That's why I know that. The problem is when you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s even, you're up here. You care what people think. And that's a dangerous way to live your life. And I call this the triangle of despair. Okay, And you need to avoid that at all costs in your life. You need to live at this low level here where you just don't care. And here's your homework for today. And this is therapeutic, especially for me because when one teaches, two learn. But your homework for today is to write down this. I don't care what people think of X and fill in the blank for X and do it 10 times. I don't care what people think of the fact that I'm, I'm a teacher. I love it and I love teachers. I don't care what people think of my really bad hair dye color. My hair used to be darker, remember? I've been dyeing my hair since my, my 20s. I've been gray. Going gray, but that's okay, man. I don't care what people think of my massive nose. I don't care. It's me. And it's great for when I'm skiing because I can tuck and go fast. I kick anybody's ass in skiing because of this thing. Yeah, it's me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what people think of my, my clothes. I'm just me. I don't care. And you got to be the same way as well. And once you do that, then you'll unlock this insanely great level of happiness that you never thought you could feel before every single second of every day. 
Now, it's the happiness that kind of feels like when you hold your child for the first time, but not as good. When you hold your child for the first time, there is this ridiculous euphoria you feel. It's like a drug, this happiness, this feeling you never thought you could feel before. And you capture a little bit of that lightning in a bottle, so to speak, when you tell yourself you don't care what people think. And when you don't care what people think, you live your life not to impress others, just to make yourself happy. Don't you want to be happy? So try it. That's your homework. Write down 10 times. I don't care what people think of X. All right. Next up, uh, Ava Ava uh, wrote, uh, good morning uh, from Canada. Great, great to see more Canadians uh, represent uh, on the call. Um, what's happening in Ottawa makes me proud, as long as there's no violence. And then you wrote, uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. My, my pleasure. My, my, my pleasure. Thank you. Give me one second here, guys. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, so your question is, which course uh, do you think someone should start with between the financial analyst and entrepreneurship course? Oh, between those two. Yeah. So I would ask yourself, 10 years from now, what's your perfect life? If it's to work as an entrepreneur, starting your own company, then the entrepreneurship course. If it's to work in finance, then think about the finance course. Think about it. But I want you to ask yourself first, and everybody on this call, before you figure out how to get a job, ask yourself, why? Why do I want that job? If it's solely about amassing millions of dollars, you'll be miserable. So I would say pick the career that you're most passionate about, and that will help you decide between taking a finance course or an entrepreneurship course. Now, in my MBA program, I pride myself on being your humble waiter. I'm here to serve you. And when you go to a restaurant, and this is where I proposed to my wife, Christine, eight million years ago. She hasn't aged, I have. But when you go to a restaurant, you look at the entire menu, okay? And you just choose one or two things to eat, but you're exposed to everything. And that's how I think about my MBA program and how I teach. I expose you to all different careers. And the career that you choose is the one that you enjoy the most, the one you're most passionate about. Yeah. Why would you ever order food that doesn't taste good? Like anchovies on pizza. I don't get that. I also don't understand the whole pineapple thing on pizza. I, I just don't get it. All right. Um, uh, next up, uh, Bang. Hey, Bang wrote, hey, Chris, off topic. Sure. What's your suggestion on investing uh, in cryptocurrencies? Uh, uh, and then you wrote, I mean, which app? Yeah. So I, I use Coinbase. That's my, 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 my hot wallet, so to speak. Yeah. My cold storage wallet. I've got the Ledger Nano S um, as well as um, a couple others. Yeah. The Trezor. All right, Nilsa, how are you? Nilsa is, is from beautiful uh, Puerto Rico. She's in my MBA class as well. Good to see you. And Nilsa actually, Goldman Sachs, uh, named uh, Nilsa. Uh, as she, they accept her into this elite program uh, of 10,000 businesses for, for women. And, and I'll show it to you as well. And Nilsa, you, you inspire me and all of our fellow students. So I'm so sorry. I got to go to your LinkedIn profile. So I'm going to go here. And we'll go to uh, Nilsa, who's from Puerto Rico. And I've got students in every, every country. Nilsa. Here we go. Nilsa Santiago. Here we go. Great. Yeah. Goldman Sachs, 10,000 small businesses, scholar. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Congratulations on that. That's wonderful. Wonderful. You, you inspire us. Yeah. And I love your quote. The secret of getting ahead is getting started by Mark Twain. Very prophetic. It's so true. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. 
Okay, uh, next up I have here, um, ALB wrote, um, Hi, Chris, uh, how can I find my passion in life? Uh, I love watching uh, financial YouTube videos and I enjoy investing in stocks. Do you have any advice which career to choose? Yeah, so basically my, my rule of thumb is, is this, my strategy for careers is this, and you can reinvent yourself at any age as well to change careers. I want you to ask yourself this. If I give you 30 days off and you can't travel and you can't go to school and you can't go to work, what are you going to do with your time? And no matter what anybody tells you, that should be your career. No matter what anybody tells you. Don't listen to people around you saying, be a, be a lawyer, be an engineer. Just do whatever makes you happiest. Otherwise, what's the point of working hard to get a job to just make you know, millions of dollars if, if, or the, the, the potential to make millions that you're miserable at? Yeah. Do what you love doing, always. You can also ask yourself, Who's a rock star in business to you? Is it Sir Richard Branson? You know, is it Will Smith? Is it Elon Musk? Is it Oprah Winfrey? Whoever that rock star is, I want you to listen to their autobiography if they have it or their biography. Because what happens is very successful people, they actually, a lot of times they got to where they are by helping other people. Give and you'll receive. It's prophetic, it's been true since the beginning of time. So instead of reinventing the wheel, you can listen to their audiobooks. And if what they do and if what they talk about in their career makes you makes you excited, then maybe that's your career as well. And why reinvent the wheel? Because they're gonna disclose all the mistakes they made on their way to success. So always be a voracious reader and listen to autobiographies, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I'm listening to Will Smith's autobiography right now. It's excellent. All right. Uh, Next question I've got here is, let me scroll down a bit here. Uh, okay, so Pulaski wrote, uh, hello, sir, Chris, please. I finished your, your Foundations of, of Entrepreneurship course. Thank you. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. And anybody can get that course uh, if you want. It's, it's um, I have a special on now. Just go, go to my website. It's 99 cents. You, you, you'll see a pop-up. It, it'll appear there. Yeah. Six-hour course, 99 cents. All right. Um, Eric, how are you? Eric uh, is, is one of my wonderful students. He graduated from my MBA program a couple of years ago. He was my first student uh, to write a book uh, using my template. Uh, his book is called uh, Ego Trip. Uh, it's a great read. It's six inches by nine inches. He published it on January 3rd of 2020. Great to see you. And Eric just got a great job working for one of the largest uh, Japanese pharmaceutical companies. Great to see you. He used to work at Bristol Myers uh, in, in Apple as well. Great to see you, buddy. Uh, and then you wrote, uh, hello, Chris, good to be here. Uh, to get hired in my new role, I followed many of your of your advice, uh, including um, I, I previewed my interviews on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I reviewed uh, a, 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 annual reports as well. I connected uh, with people using LinkedIn um, uh, with, with an in-mail as taught in the program. And I used our resume format as taught uh, in the program as well. And then you wrote, uh, in taking the MBA, was seen as uh, resilient and following through on new ideas. Awesome, awesome, congratulations, man. And then he wrote, I was blown away uh, with the Metaverse site uh, that um, uh, and created my, my place there as well. I love it, that was from our webcast uh, two weeks ago, week 170, I think, yeah. Can't believe we're week 172. And then Eric wrote here, uh, and congratulations on getting the new gig, by the way, new job. Would it make sense to have 
the HEB MBA diploma certificate marked uh, as an NFT uh, or blockchain. I've thought about that as well, uh, issuing a, a paper-based and PDF version and an NFT version as well. And I will do it. I will do it. And the way we're going to do it is to create NFTs, you, you create them on the Ethereum platform, right? So I will do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you. I just laid down a challenge. It's going to happen. Thank you. And I teach all my MBA students later this year uh, through an elective. I had many electives you all get for free um, in the MBA program. I teach you how to make NFTs, how to invest in NFTs, metaverse programming, much, much more. I'm going, I'm going deep into programming now and teaching you in a different way. This is a sub-procedure. You'll see why in the MBA program. Yeah. Because no one's taught coding in a way that's fun and intuitive. Yeah. And I used to be a, a brain on a stick or a stick maybe. I used to code a lot. Yeah. All right, cool. And give me one second to go back here to get more questions. Okay. Um, all right, next up, Rose, how are you? Rose is from the great state of Virginia. She graduated from my program two years ago. Great to see you. Uh, Rose wrote here, a digital music streaming essentially killed CDs. It did with Napster in 1999 with Sean Parker. Remember that? Uh, in the same way, do you think that the metaverse uh, games will kill simple virtual games uh, like like Fortnite? No, I think it will be a good extension of that as well. I, I really do. But the wonderful thing is you'll be able to create your own metaverse as well and maybe use that as a template, so to speak, to play Fortnite in. And maybe you can sell your own skins on the meta metaverse as well through NFTs. Yeah. So I think it will just be a good extension. All right, next, next up I have here. Good to see you. Uh, Manas wrote, uh, thank you for everything. Uh, my mentor, my pleasure. My pleasure. You're a, God bless you forever and ever. Uh, uh, the, the, the DAM, those initials, my kids are, are awesome. Uh, loved them as well. Respect to uh, Madame uh, Christine, uh, who's our head of alumni here and our fearless leader. And see you forever and ever. Let's pu push the goalpost, oot. And I like how you're speaking uh, English Canadian. That's the right way to do it. We say oot because we invented English in Canada. Thank you. Uh, and then you wrote love from our hosts uh, with a lot of uh, emojis. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Okay. Next up, uh, Keith. Hey, Keith, how are you, man? Uh, so uh, Keith is uh, an alumni uh, from the MBA program from Barcelona. Great to see. We have a lot of students in Barcelona. Yeah. Demi in Valenzuela this year. Uh, we also had uh, Raquel Cespedes last year as well. Uh, and so uh, Keith wrote, uh, hope you're well. Please explain why national inflation increases and decreases. Uh, and what is the, the government involvement, especially because inflation is, is 6%. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is when demand is too high for products, um, prices go up, obviously. And the only way to stop prices going up is to raise interest rates. And the reason the governments around the world have not raised interest rates and the reason they're letting inflation go between 6 and 8% in many countries is because of COVID. Now, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we're, we're seeing the results from uh, new COVID strands and things are not getting worse. And so the government is going to raise rates. Now, there's a 99% probability as priced in by the, the financial markets that the United States government within the next 30 days is going to raise interest rates by half a percent or 50 basis points. And the reason why they're doing it now is not just because inflation is kind of getting out of hand, but because they feel that they have kind of a handle on this COVID issue. 
Now, raising interest rates over the past two years, when we had no idea if COVID was going to get worse, would have been problematic because you would destroy economies while people are, are panicking and there's fear. And governments hate it when there's panic and fear. So as you raise interest rates, what happens is inflation actually st starts to subside. And if you don't do it, you don't have an economy. Like in the early, uh, the early uh, 1980s, inflation in America was close to 20%. It was awful. It was really high. And so the government raised interest rates close to 20%. They had to fight it. And it killed the economy, but they had to do it. They had to do it. And that's why uh, the stock market sucked in the early 80s, because interest rates were high. So when interest rates are low, the stock market usually does well. And all speculative asset classes like NFTs, etc., do well because the cost of capital is zero. And a lot of hedge funds and wealthy investors, what they do is when interest rates are very low, they borrow a lot of money to invest on margin. Don't do that, please. But when interest rates start to rise, they don't use as much margin. And that small change in margin or use of margins by hedge funds and high net worth investors destroys markets, right? It causes a sell-off, a bit of a sell-off, and then people panic and there's panic selling. And, and as Warren Buffett said, the New York Stock Exchange is the only store in the world where consumers sell stuff when it goes on sale. Yeah. But I think we need to start raising interest rates now. Makes sense. And if you don't raise interest rates, then you're shooting yourself in the foot the next time the economy crashes. Because what happens is this. When the economy is doing well, you're supposed to raise rates a little bit so that when the economy is not doing well, you can jumpstart the economy by cutting rates. And if you didn't raise rates when times were good, you don't have that, that financial weapon, so to speak, to jumpstart the economy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jitender wrote, uh, hey, Chris, how are you? I'm always great. Thank you. I hope you're doing well. You wrote, how do you make uh, trading and investing uh, a as a business? Yeah. So I'm not a fan of, of trading. Um, so whenever I invest in companies, the way I teach my students in my MBA program is you look at fundamentals first, valuation second, and a distant third is technical analysis. And I use technical analysis to help me understand when to add to a position or take profits if it's overbought, so to speak. Now, each month has 20 weekdays. That's 20 trading days when the market's open. And to make money every month by trading is you just can't do it. Because the reason stocks go up and down in the very near term is for random events. You know, for example, what Putin says tomorrow or does with respect to Ukraine is going to cause the markets to either go up a lot or down a lot. You can't control that. We have no idea. We also have no idea what saber-rattling policy-wise is going to go on between Riyadh and Moscow with the price of oil, or DC and Beijing with international trade. You can't forecast that stuff. You also can't forecast and really understand the near term what news releases are going to come out of competing companies that causes the stock you're investing in to go up or down. And so you got to be very, very long-term focused, very long-term focused when you invest instead of being a tourist and renting stocks. And if, if you don't believe me, then just try to find a list of very successful traders. We don't know their names for a reason. You got to be long-term focused. Okay. Um, next up, uh, uh, Sevgin wrote, uh, are, are you for real? For, well, for now I am. Maybe I'll be an avatar one day. I don't know. All right. 
uh, next up, uh, Eric wrote, uh, I don't really want to buy Bitcoin because it's very speculative, but I want to earn as much of, of it as possible through NFTs, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, there's a company I interviewed at once at their Christmas party. They would announce that there are no bonus. Okay, that's a separate comment there. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to NFTs, just be careful uh, because it is a speculative bubble and most of these NFTs are crap. Just like most cryptocurrencies are garbage. There's a bunch of cryptos that are great investments. And in my MBA program, I teach you how to do research and decide which investments to invest in in all asset classes. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, I've got uh, Elena uh, who wrote, 100% uh, agree, chasing your dreams and passion will get you to both of them. Absolutely. And just don't care what people think. It, it works, I promise you. And it's therapeutic. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Real JP wrote, uh, I, I love you, Chris. Uh, you're great. Uh, love from India. Love right back to you, and thank you. Thank you. I turned 50 a couple weeks ago, and my wife asked me, what do you want? I said, I don't want a party. I just want, I just want family and Christine. So we went out to dinner uh, at, at Reza, my, my favorite restaurant. It's an Indian restaurant, and I ate three massive Bollywood dosas. It's the best food ever. Reza's in Burlingame, uh, uh, California. Okay, next up, Eric wrote, uh, there's this company I interviewed at once. At their Christmas party, they would announce that there are no bonuses this year while playing a video of starving African kids. Um, yeah, and, 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 and if, if, if you're implying that the company decided to give money instead to, to better causes, that, then I'm definitely all for that, yeah. Okay, um, uh, next up, uh, Jerry wrote, uh, thank you for the life advice. Uh, your business and financial advice is a bonus, uh, a, a new fan. Thank you, Jerry, I appreciate it, thank you. Okay, uh, and then Eric wrote, I was gonna move to Austin, Texas once, uh, then my car got totaled, so I ended up moving to near Nashville, Tennessee with my parents uh, from Jackson, uh, Mississippi. I still like Texas and Texas mentality, yeah. I like a lot of things about Texas, not all the politics, but, but I, I like the, you know, standing up for freedoms, especially for people in other countries. Like what Texans have done uh, by donating to Canada and whatnot for, the, for these peaceful protests. I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right. All right, Christina uh, next up wrote, uh, Chris, have you read uh, This Is How They Tell Me The World Ends? Uh, the Cyber uh, Arms Race by Nicole. I have. Yeah, I did. I did. Actually, it's on Audible right now. Um, so I listen, So for those of you not familiar with that, it's it's this New York Times journalist uh, who wrote this book about WikiLeaks, uh, as well as how uh, Russia uses cybersecurity. Right? And there's a lot of cyber or, uh, use cyber weapons as, for espionage. Uh, and so I'll tell you guys exactly what, what I'm reading right now in Audible. I love Audible. I'm not sponsored by anybody, but if I ever did sponsorship, which I'll never do, I would definitely do Audible. So I'm reading three books right now. Uh, one is by Trevor Noah called Born a Crime. I listen to that when, I, when I'm on driving to the gym. Uh, then I've got uh, 12 and a Half by Gary V. Um, and I got Will by Will Smith. Uh, and then I've got uh, This Is How They Tell Me the, the, the World Ooh, Ends. Such unprecedented digital magnitude. And the, the author reads it as well. It's good read. And Jerry said, Proud Texan here. Okay, cool. Excellent. Don't mess with Texas. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Eric, and I think Matthew McConaughey even had a comment recently. He, he basically said, uh, Californians, you're welcome, um, but these are our ways, so, so to speak. Yeah. And you want to have differing opinions in, in a country. Always, always. Yeah. Uh, Eric wrote, uh, we need to move to a, a world based on natural law rather than left and right politics. Everything uh, would be simpler and freer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's unfortunate is the whole world, um, once COVID started, the whole world started moving a little bit more left wing, which worries me. You know, it happened in China, of course, uh, happened in a lot of countries, happened in Canada. Um, and I have, I talked to many students and I have over the years, um, you know, my MBA students from every country. And I'll never disclose the names of these people, my wonderful students, but a lot of them have told me we've lost rights. You know, we, we go out after curfew, they beat us with a stick, the police. You know, in, in Canada, uh, you know, there's, there's been some rights that are lost as well. Like my brother, he used to go, he goes to the cottage up in Muskoka. Um, and when he tried to go there, the police basically pulled him over and said, if you continue, we're gonna fine you 150 bucks for each child you have in your car. Right, and so it's kind of extreme. And, and that's why I, I'm kind of happy that you have some of these peaceful protesters in Ottawa. And I do feel bad about, uh, about those that live in Ottawa that it's impacted their business. I do, because uh, of the gridlock. Okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, Christina wrote, uh, Chris uh, Rafikin is right. Warren Buffett bought $1 billion stake of Activision shares just weeks before the Microsoft deal. No kidding. Interesting. We bought it on the cheap because the stock got crushed by 30% post the sexual abuse allegations uh, against uh, the management team there. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Thank you. And thank you, Rafikin, for telling me as well. Okay. Um, uh, next up, Eric wrote, I've heard that some people can earn a good living with about 150 well-written and targeted uh, blog posts. Yeah, it's hard, man. Like, in order to make money on YouTube, uh, a million subscribers doesn't cut it even. Right? It's all about uh, view time uh, and sponsors. So if, if you have a, a website that does finance stuff, you're going to make more money with fewer subscribers. It, it all depends, yeah. But I think you got to be in the five to 10 million uh, range in terms of followers to think about making that your career uh, in terms of being living a great lifestyle, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. My favorite vlogger is, is Marquise Brownlee. He's got 15 million subs now. Love that guy. Okay. Uh, next up, Ali wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, so this is another Ali. Oh, there's two Ali. Sorry. Uh, this is Ali from Zambia. Okay, the Silver Ambia. I have another alley with the exact same first and last name as you in my Platinum program from two years ago. But it's great, great to see you, Ali. Thank you. I'll remember that. Okay. Uh, Tobias wrote, Hi, Chris. Uh, greetings from Germany. Uh, great, great to see you. I have a Germany prop, prop here. I used my opening speech today. Um, uh, you wrote, uh, I, I was wondering uh, how you see the rise of artificial intelligence and how Europe will sustain uh, in the discipline uh, among uh, the China and the United States. Yeah, from a tech perspective. Yeah, I think the great thing about Europe when it comes to tech companies in general and tech policy is Europe really has um, our, our fundamental privacy rights in mind, uh, especially Germany, actually, and the EU in general. Uh, and so I always count on the EU to keep global tech companies in check from a privacy perspective. If it wasn't for Germany and the EU from a privacy perspective, you know, when, when you use Google Street Maps, you'd see everyone's real license plate. They're, they're blurred out. Yeah, 
So um, I, I think there will be great uh, innovation coming out of, of Germany as well. I invested in uh, SAP years ago. I used to fly to uh, Frankfurt and then drive to Waldorf to meet with uh, Henning Kogerman, the CEO of, of, of SAP, and a bunch of times. Um, yeah. But no, there is great. There are great, there's great innovation in Europe as well. Not as many tech companies as as the United States, but there, nonetheless, there's great innovation there. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Eric wrote: um, somebody should come up with the blockchain technology for the hemp industry and hire autistics to to, to code it. Yeah. Um, next up, we got we got Harsh who wrote: uh, uh, Chris. How can I start my own uh, NFT project? Yeah. So go to my website, search for NFT at the top, and there's a bunch of videos on NFTs 101 in terms of how to make an NFT. Peyton Kawahea, one of my wonderful MBA students here on this call, and I are making content in that that's coming out soon. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Next up, uh, Vardik uh, wrote, uh, what are top five industries to be in for financial uh, success? Yeah. It, it, it all depends on what you're passionate about. Uh, I, I wouldn't look at the growth of an industry to decide what you should be doing in your life. Yeah. But I would say number one is probably the technology industry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And give, give me one second, guys. Okay. Um, uh, next up, I've got uh, Vardik who wrote, um, do you have an affiliate program uh, for marketers who can help you sell uh, your MBA course? Yeah, so thank you, I appreciate that. So so Teachable is the platform I use uh, for, for the backbone of my MBA. Um, if you're interested, there's an affiliate program as well. Um, just email, um, email support, actually no, email admissions at haroonventures.com and somebody on my team will, t will take a look. I, I have a new great uh, marketing team from, from New York, they're great. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, and then uh, next up here, I've got Kumar. Uh, hey, Kumar wrote, Hey, Chris, uh, can you please recommend a few books to read in 2022 to develop more skills uh, as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So the best books to read are always autobiographies and biographies. So just pick whatever entrepreneur you're most passionate about, like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, whatever and listen to biographies written about them. So Steve Jobs, for example, Walter Isaacson wrote a great one about him. Uh, and apparently Walter Isaacson, I heard, might be working on Elon Musk biography as well. Okay. Uh, and then Sarah wrote, I just got a call. I did not get a job I applied for internally. Um, sorry to hear that. And then you wrote, I feel great. Uh, I'm gonna stay focused on my goals. I asked for feedback about my interview. I'm looking to finish your course about jobs and interview. Excellent, excellent. And th the secret to getting a promotion or a raise is you have to ask many times. And so those people around us that we work with that get promoted and raises faster than us, what they usually do is behind closed doors, they ask their boss for a promotion or a raise. Nobody's ever made CEO or department head without asking for a raise or a promotion. And there's a tactful way to do it as well. And the best time to ask for a raise or promotion is when your boss congratulates you on something and they're in a great mood. And once they congratulate you on something, you say, uh, do you have time for a quick coffee? And of course they're gonna say yes. 
and you sit down with them and, and you talk about what the team has accomplished together. Uh, and then you mention something like this, if it's true. As you know, it's really expensive to, to raise a family here in this X city, whatever city it is. And I want to provide my, my kids with the best standard of living possible. Um, can you please tell me exactly what I need to accomplish? Uh, meaning adding value-wise to our team. What do I need to accomplish in order to be considered uh, for a promotion or a raise? Thank you. And they'll tell you. They'll tell you. And you'll write it all down. And then six months later, once you get congratulated again by your boss and they're in a good mood, you ask again, can we meet? And during that meeting, you, you tell them, um, you know, again, we've accomplished a lot as a team, yada, yada. Um, now, six months ago, we sat down uh, and, and you gave me a list of criteria in order to get a promotion or a raise. And um, I'm, I'm humbled to say that I've, I've accomplished all of that. I'd love to please ask you uh, for a raise. So, yeah. And you have to do that several times as well. And again, anybody that gets a raise or promotion, for the most part, they ask. Because when we're younger and we're in school, you know, we keep our head down, we get good grades. And, you know, our parents are proud of us, the teachers leave us alone, and we're proud of ourselves. And then you get to the real world and you work in a company and you keep your head down and you work hard and you think you're going to get noticed. But then you look around and you realize, hey, all these people around me that are not as good as I am, as you are, not me, all these people around us that are getting raises or promotions, I don't get it. They're not as good as, as you are. And the reason is because they asked. They asked for a raise or promotion. Nobody has ever made it to the top of any company without asking for a raise or promotion many times. So strike while the iron's hot once you get congratulated on a big milestone and ask. Okay. Uh, and Elena wrote, uh, such original advice on finding a passion. Never thought of it. Thanks. You're, you're most welcome. It's great, great to see you on the call. Thank you. Okay. Shibam wrote, um, you know, it's hard to get the first customer always. But how do you keep motivating yourself and be focused uh, on work and not quitting easily? Yeah. So the longer the view, the wiser the intention. You just got to be focused on the long-term goal. Okay. And don't don't worry. Don't worry if 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 you have setbacks in your career. Here's the best way to think about it. So I um I, I have a treadmill in my office. Okay. And I get my 10 to 20,000 steps a day using the, this treadmill. If it's gonna work here. Yeah. Here we go. So for this part of, of, of this, this, this answer. I'm going to walk in my treadmill a bit. It's a little bit squeaky. I need WD-40. Here we go. All right. So when you first embark upon a journey, you're excited. You can see the top of the mountain, which is a metaphor for your goal. It's exciting. And then what happens is after a while, you can't see the top of the mountain anymore. What happened to your goal? What's happening here? And you freak out, you panic, you might stop, you might meander this way and this way. But you got to realize that the reason you can't see the top of the mountain is because you're halfway up the mountain and you can't see the top. But rest assured, you are getting closer. So don't worry. And you have to understand also that we have to fail a lot in order to reach the top of the mountain. Otherwise, if it's too easy, everyone's going to do it. But just be aggressive, be long-term focused, be persistent, be a pit bull on a pork chop uh, and stay the course. And sometimes you need mentors to help you as well. And so find people that have done what you want to do. People that are older than you, that have achieved your dreams, that are living your dream life today. 
and set up informational meetings with them. You know, leveraging LinkedIn, and I teach you how to do this sort of thing in a lot more detail uh, in my MBA program. But ask and you'll receive. It's prophetic, it's been true since the beginning of time. Yeah. All right, uh, next up, uh, Charlton wrote, uh, hi Chris, how are you doing? I'm, I'm always great, thank you. I hope you're doing well as well, thank you. I work with a guy at Citadel named Charlton Yu, really good guy. He covered the semiconductor sector. Yeah. And he once made a model that Peter LeBon, his boss, made him make that was 2,000 lines long. I, I remember that financial model well, yeah. Semiconductors. Okay. Uh, next up, Keith uh, uh, wrote, uh, thanks for your answer uh, about inflation. You're most welcome. Uh, what was the catalyst for you to author and teach the MBA? I'm really enjoying it and learning. Thank you. So you know, I, I realized that having an MBA from a half-decent school, which I do, that we don't really learn stuff that we can apply in the real world. And the most important skill sets, they don't teach you in business school. Like I have buddies who went to HBS, Harvard Business School, and I went to Columbia. I have friends who went to Warden, et cetera. They don't teach you how to start a company. Ask anybody who graduated from business school, do you know how to start a company now? They don't teach you how to present. They don't teach you how to sell. They don't teach you how to, how to interview. Um, it's ridiculous. All these important skill sets, they don't teach you. They teach you how to manage other people's money, but not your own money. And so that's, that's, why, that's why I do what I do. I, I want to teach. And the genesis for all of this, uh, so to speak, was when I was working in venture capital during the evenings and on weekends, um, I was on the board of this wonderful charity in East Palo Alto here, where the high school graduation rate is only 40%. And so what, what I did, and this, it was never about the money for me uh, for, for this thing, but it, it worked out okay, I guess. But what, what I did was um, I, I, would, I would mentor the, these students. And I'll show you who they are, actually. They're, they're wonderful. So uh, the, these students uh, in, in the Limo Foundation. So let's go to About Charity. Here we go. Here, yeah. Yeah. So um, right here. Yeah. So the, these students here. And so what I, what I did was um, I created this, uh, this program for them. Uh, called uh, an entire MBA in one day. And it was 12 hours and I taught them and I made degrees for them as, as, as well. And it was great. It was great. There was tears at the end of the day. It was unbelievable. It was just, we bonded. Uh, the management of Lingo Foundation is great. Um, and then what I did was the next day, I, I put the course up. I put a camera up uh, in, in my in, at home and I recorded myself just doing what I taught them and I did it over eight hours in one take. And I called it uh, an entire MBA in one course. And I uploaded it. Uh, and then Business Insider, Forbes, all these publications humbly had nice things to say and it took off. But it was never about the money. I just wanted to kind of help. I want to help. And it's interesting because what they're, what they're holding there, uh, give me one second. What, what, what they're holding there is, is kind of the, the genesis for a the genesis for, for my, my MBA degree program, uh, which which I have now, of course, uh, and so it was it was never about the uh, it was never about the money. It was it was about helping, uh, and so even now, like doing what I'm doing right now, like this. Here's here's what the the degree looks like now. Uh, even and those are my, my lights. Um, even now, like doing this, like I'm not. This is fun for me. Of course, there has to be an element of of compensation as well. You know, to be able to pay my staff and whatnot and build schools overseas and all that stuff. But it's not about money. It's about chasing your passion and serving others. 
if you see what you do in your work as serving other people, meaning helping them make their lives more enhanced or get them happier, more productive, whatever, then you've done a wonderful thing and it gives you a sense of purpose. Okay. All right, next up, uh, Amar Loves Tacos wrote, uh, why aren't you active on Twitter? Uh, your neighbor uh, Ohanian is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the founder of, of, of Reddit. Yeah. Um, so I'm there. No, I post every day. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go to, if, if you go to my uh, my website, you'll, on the left, you'll see social media icons there. Yeah. And when I say I, I mean my team posts every day. Yeah. <coughs> and they started doing TikTok as well, I think a week, a week or two ago as well. Okay, next up, uh, Atkarsh uh, wrote, uh, Hi, Chris. Uh, I'm a 19-year-old first-year computer science and engineering undergrad. And I want to start a startup, but I have uh, hardly any knowledge uh, about this sort of thing. Yeah. So w w what I recommend, um, yeah. So I would, I would take my MBA program. It's helpful. It'll teach you how to start a company and all major aspects of business and... If you're not happy with it, you can ask for your money back. And so you can go to uh, haroonventures.com and try it out. I, I cover every aspect of starting a company and business in general. And, and I hope I hope you find it helpful. Uh, and, and if you sign up um, then uh, for, for the silver version, um, then every single uh, Thursday, um, what I'm doing from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. my time, every Thursday starting today, I'm doing a webcast just for silver MBA students. And we can do Zoom as well, and I'll help you with your business plan, whatever it is. It'll, it'll be fun. And the way to check out uh, the silver uh, version of, of my program, um, just go to my, my, my website here. Okay. And again, there's a 30-day, 100% money-back guarantee. But if you sign up now, you can even join that call. Uh, but what you do is you go here to buy my MBA program. Uh, and, and you can sign up here. And you'll find that in, in the first lesson, this is the silver on-demand version. Okay. In the very first lesson, sorry for scrolling a lot, Oh my goodness. Okay, but in the very first lesson, I have a link right here. See, it says new, how to how to access the weekly for silver on MBA students only office hours webcast. And I put the link in there for, for every week, starting today at, at 10 a.m. So I'm excited about it, yeah. Uh, and if you join, I'm happy to help you write your business model as well on Thursdays and, you know, help you get customers and all that stuff. Okay, moving on to, to Shubham, who wrote, uh, I, I love uh, studying, and, and I've read your book on networking, and now I'm studying uh, volume one of Harvard Classics. I'm hoping to, to complete it. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, you wrote, thank you very much uh, uh, for your time and effort. Uh, happy to, to find your course and, and find you as a mentor. Thank you for giving answers to all my questions. You're, you're, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, this is fun. This is not work. All right, uh, uh, and then I've got uh, Eric uh, wrote here, Dan Pena, uh, otherwise known as the Trillion Dollar Man, uh, says the most successful people have raised desks with a treadmill and they walk eight miles a, a day. It, it, it helps. I don't know if I'm successful, but, but, but I love it. So um, what I do is um, I get tons of steps in here. I get between 10 and 20,000. I just get 20,000 every day. I've, I've stopped that a bit because I'm trying to put on muscle mass when I go to the gym. Yeah, but it's great. So I raise my desk here um, and you got to do it for posture as well. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I get my, my, my steps and it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. 
and you, you can get these on, on Amazon. The price is not that bad, actually, yeah. This one's a little bit nutty. Uh, I overdo everything. This thing is like eight feet wide. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next up, uh, Kumar wrote, um, uh, it, it's an amazing course. Uh, thank you, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Ali, uh, who who's from Zambia, who finished the, the Silver MBA program. And Ali, if you want, join me again at 10 a.m. today. Um, and then what, what I'll do is, and, and that's starting very soon, go to the first lecture of the Silver MBA. Um, and, and if you want, you can ask more questions there. Or Ali, I, I'd like to get to know you. If you want, you can, you can sign on to Zoom then, and I'll have a Zoom call with you as well. Again, 10 a.m., go to the first lecture of the Silver MBA. So Ali wrote here, uh, Chris, do you ever take some time out to vacation with your family? Uh, if yes, how often? Yeah, I do. I, I do. So um, usually in, in, in March or April, whenever the kids have uh, the March break or reading week, they call it, um, I go to Florida uh, to spend time with my, my parents and Christine's parents as well. Um, and my son, Matthew, calls... Uh, Christine's mom, uh, parents' house, the, the, the Habibi house, because every second word is Habibi, which I think means honey or something in, in Arabic. My dad says that too, and my mom, my mama. Um, and so I see my parents there. Yeah. yeah. So, and my parents live half the year in uh, Mississauga, which is just outside of Toronto. And the other half the year, they live in Florida. Um, and it's what Canadians refer to as snowbirds. A lot of Canadians live, live in Florida half the year. Yeah. So I, um, I go there uh, in March and April. And then what I do um, in the summers, I usually go home for a couple of weeks um, in Canada because it's nice and warm. Uh, and then we do a, a, a vacation once a year, a couple of weeks in whatever country. So, um, and that's where I write a lot of my courses too when I'm overseas. It's just fun for me. So we, we've done many parts of the world. What we want to do next this summer, um, we'll see, is Istanbul. Turkey is beautiful. I, I want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in terms of time off, um, you know, every Sunday I don't do any work. I was bad though, Joe. I'm a hypocrite because last year I worked so damn hard uh, in December uh, and I didn't take Sundays off, but I take Sundays off now. I spend time with my, my family, we bike rides and all that stuff. Uh, Christmas, of course, I take off. Uh, American Thanksgiving and Canadian Thanksgiving, I, I take off as well. And I see my family every single day, every day, because right? I work from home. So I'll have dinner with them um, and then except on Mondays and Tuesdays, I teach at nights. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and, and Dylan, I still get to put Dylan to bed and do prayers and read a book and all that stuff or play an iPad app. Uh, but he's getting a bit older now. These guys are too cool for me now. They're both driving. Great. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, next up, Christina wrote, uh, Chris, uh, that is great that you've been posting more videos, uh, on, on, on TikTok. Uh, since I love following all of Gary V's uh, videos uh, on TikTok, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's, it's. I guess they. I don't even know what my username is there, but they, they started posting, and I don't know how they're posting it this way, but I'm sure that they figured I got a good team from from New York. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, Akumar wrote, "I got, a, I got great knowledge. Don't miss the opportunity." Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, Ali wrote, uh, TikTok, yay, now I can re-download TikTok. It's so fun, man. What I do when I'm at the gym uh, it, uh, every day for an hour or two, um, just, uh, it takes me 10 minutes to drive to, I actually watch TikTok videos in between sets. It's so fun, man. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Chris uh, Mibatha wrote, uh, hi, Chris. My name is Chris from South Africa. Great to see you. 
Uh, I, I've taken some of your courses on Udemy. Uh, you're doing a great job for, for some of us in the develop, developing world to access such top content. Thank you, Chris, so much. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying uh, Trevor Noah's book um, called Born a Crime. I'm halfway through the uh, audio book. It's eight hours long. I'm, I've done the first four hours. It's a wonderful book. And he reads it himself as well. And that guy's life has been unbelievable. Yeah, he's inspiring. Thank you. Okay. Um, and then you wrote your name is Chris uh, as well. Very cool. Very cool. Actually, so I'm Christopher. Um, I don't know if you're Christian or Christopher. But the way they came up with the name Christopher, and webcast almost done, so I'm going to go there. But in ancient times, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have bridges. So what they would do is there was someone called a topher who would carry you across a river. And uh, 2,000 years ago, you probably know where I'm going with this. Um, there was uh, this kid who's five years old or something. And the topher was carrying him across the river. It might be the River Jordan. I don't know. And what happened was halfway across the river, the kid got really heavy. And the topher wanted to quit. And he persevered and did it and dropped the kid off on the other side of the road. And somebody said, or other side of the river, somebody said, congratulations, you just carried the Christ child. And that's why the name Christ Topher exists. All right. Uh, Eric wrote, I love the Miami architecture. Absolutely. And dude, Miami is, it's my, my, my kid, Andrew, he's on the wait list there at University of Miami. Um, it's impossible to get into University of Miami this year. Everybody wants to go there. Okay. Uh, and Ali wrote, I'm definitely joining the lecture. My mentor, so privileged to know you. Awesome. I'm looking forward to meeting you as well uh, over Zoom in about uh, five or 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Christina wrote, uh, Chris, same for New Yorkers. A lot of my friends growing up would visit their grandparents in Florida. Oh, yeah. Uh, during a, a winter recess. Um, it's, it's, yeah, totally. Totally. And I hear a lot of Brooklyn accents uh, when, I'm, when I'm in, uh, in, in Florida. It's great. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Christina wrote, uh, my TikTok handle is at Chris Haroon, all one word. Okay, cool. Thanks. Cool. I'll check it out. Um, thank you. Uh, and then the last one here we've got is Darren who wrote, hey, Chris, uh, do cryptos have equivalents uh, to stock quarterly reports, conference calls, etc. that you can monitor? No, no, unfortunately not. So stocks are uh, in, in stocks that are listed uh, in, in most major markets. Uh, they're regulated by governments. Um, now, in the United States, it's the SEC that regulates the stock market. But with cryptocurrencies, they're regulated by the laws of mathematics, if they're a legit crypto. So they unfortunately don't have that. There's not much disclosure. I, I really wish there was. And in my MBA program, what I teach you is um, how to analyze cryptocurrencies and to recreate an SEC, SE filing, uh, uh, S1 document, right? And so when Facebook went public in 2012, and I participated as a, in venture capital. I owned it when it was private. And then I went long and short a lot when I worked in, in, in the hedge fund industry too. Uh, but uh, the government made Facebook write this whole document called an S1, which discloses all the risks. Okay, And the investment bankers and lawyers write this thing. I teach you how to write something like this for cryptocurrencies uh, in my MBA program uh, as well. So you can do much more due diligence. And the risk of you getting scammed or losing money goes down materially. Okay, cool. Excellent. And Eric wrote, I hear there are a lot of great looking people in Miami too. They certainly are when I'm not there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this was fun. Uh, again, if, if you're in the silver uh, MBA degree program, um, you can go to the first lecture um, and click on the link 
for the webcast that starts in a couple of minutes at 10 a.m. Okay. Uh, and during that, that's, it's a weekly webcast every week for silver, only for silver MBA students. Uh, and what I do is we'll do Zoom, whatever you want. I'm, I'm there to consult you, help you, uh, whatever it takes. There'll definitely be fewer people on that call so I can get a lot of time in to help you out. Now, to learn more about uh, the Silver uh, MBA program, uh, you can just go to uh, my website, which is uh, haroonventures.com. Okay. And you can click right here, um, right here, uh, the Haroon MBA program. And uh, once you purchase it, and there's a 30-day 100% money-back guarantee, hundreds and hundreds of hours and new content I'm adding all the time. But once you purchase it, you go down to the very, very first lecture, okay? Um, and then here in the first lecture, it says how to access the weekly for silver on-demand MBA student-only office hours webcast. And I put up the new link there every week. The first week we're doing that is today. So again, we start uh, in a couple of minutes at, at 10 a.m. Okay, great. Um, Cool. And I think instead of ending with Steve, uh, a video from Steve Jobs like I usually do, I'm going to end with a video that I recorded in the Czech Republic uh, about uh, one of my accounting courses, which is fun. Um, take care, everybody. Uh, I'll, I'll see you next week at the same time, uh, 8 a.m. Uh, until 10 a.m. And, and thank you, and God bless you. Thanks. When you think of accounting and finance, what comes to mind? Don't worry. This is not my course. I have something just a little more special planned for you. Do you want to learn about accounting and finance in a way that you've never been taught before? Of course you do. My visual approach will teach you everything you need to know, and it will be a lot of fun. In fact, you'll wonder why you weren't taught this way in school. Oh, and if you get a moment, please check out the student reviews to see how so many people have enjoyed the learning experience. And you know what the best part is? No experience is necessary to take this course. So if you don't know how to model and value a company, analyze a cash flow statement, or understand the difference between growth and value investing, not to worry. We will cover all of those concepts from scratch. So why should you learn accounting and finance from me? I have an MBA in finance from Columbia University. But more importantly, I have work experience in the real world from Goldman Sachs, to several hedge funds, to venture capital and consulting firms. I've raised and managed over $1 billion in my career. Now I'm passionate about sharing my knowledge and experience. My life has turned full circle, from my own education, to my experience in business, to investing in and founding several companies. Instead of teaching boring finance and accounting theory, I teach based on my own real-life practical experience, and it has led me right here to you. I want you to understand how to create, analyze, and forecast an income statement, a balance sheet, and a cash flow statement. I want you to thoroughly understand and enjoy finance and accounting so that you can be inspired to achieve all of your career goals. I have the tools needed to get the job done. So let's do it. I'll see you in class. Well, that ends this week's podcast. I want to thank you very much for your time. If you want to download my latest book for free or get access to coupons on my courses or learn more about my MBA degree program and much more, please visit haroonventures.com. Again, that's haroonventures.com. Thanks again for listening in.